0: Welcome to the Invest Well Show. I'm your host Michael Wall. We've got a great show today. We're going to talk about your money and is your money really safe at the bank? There's some changes coming, some proposals coming with some of uh, Biden's new nominations potentially that could change the way the banking system works forever. You're not going to want to miss it today on the Invest Well show. All right, so when we talk about changing things, nobody likes change, right? None of us like change, and now there's conversation from uh, the White House, this current administration, talking about the idea of a nomination, and I'm going to read it so I don't mess it up here. I wrote it down as I'm looking at this, but it says, nomination for the Office of the Comptroller of Cur- Currency. Let me say that again because there's so many words, right? The Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, Like right, A lot of words basically what that means is somebody that's in charge in a lot of ways directly with how the banking system and structure works in America today. You know, a lot of times over years and times past, people look at banks and they said, hey, I'm going to go to the bank and I'm going to put my money there and I'm going to feel good about it because it's safe. Well, why do they think it's safe or why do you feel like it's safe? Oftentimes it's because there's this FDIC stamp or Plaque or sign on the building somewhere where you say, Hey, you know, my money is safe because the FDIC is backing it up. And even if this bank fails, the FDIC, which is the Federal Deposit Insurance Company, is there to back up my money. And I feel good about that. Well, there's some things that are changing with this potential new nomination, as well as just uh, the FDIC in general, anyways, the way they back up money. And I want to take a few minutes on this show today and talk about that because I know. Many of you out there may be in a place where you say, okay, I don't really know what to do with some of my money right now, and I got money at the bank, and I feel good about that because I can walk in, and I feel like it's there and all of these sorts of things. And by the way, we're so far removed from when banks failed. Remember years ago during the Great Depression when banks failed, and they literally closed their doors? People didn't have access to their money, people hiding money in walls and all kinds of crazy stuff. But at the end of the day, that was a real thing. And so here we are now in 2021 as I'm shooting this show, November of 2021, and we're talking about some things that are changing at really rapid paces. I think it's so important when we look at safety of our money and we take a look at the FDIC, one of the things that you got to know is, first off, for every dollar at a U.S. bank, I know the FDIC says typically, they'll they'll protect up to roughly $250,000 of value per bank and that sort of a thing. And that makes people feel warm and fuzzy. Sometimes people will even actually take money and put it in different banks. So that way they can have uh, different protection on, on their monies if they have more than 250000 at the bank. But what's really interesting is Many people stop there with their levels of protection. They really don't go and look into, well, what is this protection from the FDIC and what does it look like? By the way, I'm going to reference a little bit later. We have a white paper that we put together essentially talking about how to protect money outside of banks. What should you do? And all you got to do is head over to investwellshow.com. Again, investwellshow.com. Dot com to be able to download that white paper, talk about what you do to kind of protect your money outside of the bank. Some few keys and steps we've put together for you. But what happens is when people look at the FDIC, they really don't take time to think through that level of protection. All right, so let's kind of break it down before we get into the nomination later and what that means in relation to potentially the Federal Reserve taking over the banking system. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute, so you're not going to want to miss that. But let's break down the basics here initially of what it looks like of your your money's being protected by the Fed. All right. So step one, you go put your money in a bank. You feel good about it because the bank's there and you know Sally or Johnny or whatever for years and you walk in and they have watched your kids grow and you just, you feel comfortable. So that's step one, typically. Step two is you have another level of comfort because you see the FDIC sticker and you say, okay, well, even if for some reason this bank fails, The FDIC is there to back up my money, but step three, do you really know what level of protection the FDIC has in relation to your dollars? The answer to that is most people don't. They haven't researched it. They haven't gone to the FDIC website itself, and they haven't researched how much money is actually backing up the dollars that you have at the bank. Now, what's really interesting is if you actually take a look at the FDIC website, you'll find that there's literally pennies on the dollar. Backing up every dollar that you have at the bank. So, for every dollar that's there, the FDIC insurance literally, God forbid that bank fails, has pennies on the dollar backing it up. And if there was a run, in other words, let's say multiple banks failed at one time, that would be a serious, catastrophic event for many, many people, literally not being able to be in a place where they can get their money back out of the bank. And they'd have to wait for the FDIC insurance. And I know the FDIC says, hey, well, we can tap into treasuries and all of that. But at the end of the day, this is a big, 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 big problem. Again, the reason most people are in a place where they feel good about this protection and utilizing banks as a structure is because they have been in a place where they just are used to doing this for years. We're creatures of habit, folks. We're in a place where something that we've done repetitively over time causes us to start to feel comfortable with it, and then we don't start to question anything. Even when policies change and policies shift, we don't question it because we're so used to just doing this, and it's just what we do. And Sally's still at the bank, by the way. She still works there. Johnny still works there, and we get comfortable with the process. So I think the first thing you need to understand when you're taking a look at why these issues matter is simply the fact that there's only pennies on the dollar backing up every dollar you have at the bank. So as an example, you may have nine cents or 10 cents or 12 cents or 15 cents backing up every dollar that's literally at the bank. So if you're in a place where there's a run on that and you're trying to get your money, that's a problem. You can just start to do the math and say this is an issue. So the FDIC insurance may not be as high level of protection as you actually think it is. Putting your money at the bank may not be as high level of protection as you think it is. Now, what I'm not saying here is that you should take all of your money from the bank and just forget banks and don't do banking anymore. I'm not saying that at all. There's still a function that can be played for that. I think it's very important to start to say, okay, how much money do I actually park there and what does it look like? I think having accounts for, you know, checking and savings, basic things, I think it's okay, But when you start to get, you know, larger values, hundreds of thousands to even millions of dollars. Now, I think you need to start thinking about other areas where you should be putting your money, because I believe that some of these other areas actually can provide higher levels of protection. As far as what's backing up your dollar. Now, nothing is guaranteed. We know that. Right. I love the old quote one time. It says there's only two things that are guaranteed in life, and that's death and taxes. We know that for sure. Everything else is not guaranteed, so you have to always evaluate, why am I making these decisions? But I think it is important to evaluate what's happening. So part of my job on the show is to bring to you information that you may not be aware of. All right, now I'm going to pivot real quick to uh, this new nomination, Biden's nomination for the Office of Comptroller of the Currency. Uh, Kind of, again, a long title, but this this woman is very, very, um, we'll call it centralized-focused wants to take the power away from the private banking system and give it primarily to the Federal Reserve. And I, I wrote a couple notes down here so we can kind of talk about this, but I think this is so important. So if you're looking at your money and you're saying, hey, my money is at the bank and I'm in a place where I'm a little bit concerned, Mike, I didn't know that about the FDIC. And now that I do... I'm actually going to be thinking a little bit differently. I, yeah, I'm going to look for some other areas and some things that I can do now to move my money in maybe other areas that can give me a, a level of protection as well. What should I do? Again, if you've got questions, go to investwellshow.com. Got the white paper you can download there and kind of what do you do now? But then in addition, we want to talk about this new nomination from the, the administration, from Biden, Biden's administration. Now, this nomination, her desire and you can do some research on this. I actually read an article. I thought it was a good article called Power Grab. The Federal Reserve soon may be our only bank. This is written by The Hill, and uh, I thought it was a a well-written kind of excerpt. You may love uh, that organization. You may not, but I, I thought it was a good excerpt of kind of some of the things that are going on here. So the first thing is her desire is for private sector banking to be taken over by the Federal Reserve. Now, at initial onset, you may say, well, what does that mean and how does that apply to me? Well, the desire there is to have more of a centralized focus, to have more of a big brother control in a lot of ways. You may know, or you may not know, that the Federal Reserve is not part of the federal government. It's a private company. So her desire is to move control from the private banking system to the Federal Reserve. Now, one of the uh, conversations around this is equality, you know, and, and and they're using this, you know, racism conversation and an equality conversation and all of these things as reasons as to why these things should be happening. It'll make it easier to kind of make it fair, a fairer playing field in the system. And that's kind of one of the one of the kind of the initial conversations. It would also be a huge step towards obviously not only central planning, but it could be a huge Uh, affect or make massive ripples just totally with the free market. I mean, can you imagine being in a place if you own a business and you're in a place where you're trying to get funding to grow your company and now it's not your local bank that makes this decision, it's actually the Federal Reserve or maybe you're in a place where you're just trying to go buy a car. And now it's the Federal Reserve that makes this decision. And they determine based on whatever scale or system that is implemented that they determine whether or not you are able to uh, get this money. Or, you know, now you're in a situation where if you have a bank account, instead of it being at the bank, it's at the Federal Reserve. And maybe they dictate how much money you do or don't take out, you know, each and every year. Now, you might say, Mike, that's crazy. I mean, come on, are we we really is it really going to get that far Well, I got to tell you, I think many of us thought um, over this course of the last year, year and a half through this pandemic, that the government would never be in a place where they would start being mandating people to do certain things. Whether you agree with that or disagree with that, it's irrelevant. I think what is important is, is they're starting to say, we want more control. And that's evident in some of the things that they're doing. It's crazy. So I think, I think to say that this is not on the table, I think, is putting our head in the sand and saying, yeah, there are some things that are on the table, and we, the people, need to be aware of what's actually happening here. And this is so important. Really, what this would do is it would enact sweeping control over your wallet, over your day-to-day life, over the free market structure that we know it now. And those of you that think the free market isn't powerful, just go to other countries. I remember I was having a conversation with a golf pro the other day that's from the UK originally, um, and he is in a situation now where he lives in America, lives in, actually in California, which is you know a uh, very high-taxed state, a state that's got a lot of challenges, a lot of issues. And yet while living there, he said, Mike, you know what? It's amazing the opportunity that we have here in America. You just don't see this in any other part of the world where if you really, truly believe it and think it, you can go after it. If you're willing to put the work and the effort in, you can achieve it. In many ways, we have, that, we have that opportunity today. But if we're in a place where we have somebody that's now being nominated by our current administration, and again, as I'm shooting this, it's November 2021, talking about they want to change the fabric, the infrastructure of how our private banking system works. This is a huge, massive issue that could be sweeping control for the Federal Reserve and those, we'll call it, the powers that be. So as a consumer, and you're listening to this, my desire is never to instill fear into you, right? It's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? This is crazy. You know, we, we, need to, we need to move to Switzerland or I don't know what to do or whatever it may be. What I want to do is I want to challenge you along the way of thinking. Okay, first off, I want to challenge you from the perspective of saying, if you, in times past, felt like the FDIC was a great place to protect your money because you put it at the banks, you have that coverage, you have that insurance. I wanted to shed some light on the reality that even if it's up to $250,000 of protection, it may not be the level of protection that you actually thought. In fact, it's not, I'm sure. That's number one. Number two, you're in a place where, by the way, before we get to number two, why did banks, why do they use that FDIC insurance protection? You realize you do really know what it is. Well, in a lot of ways, it's marketing, right? Banks, private banks actually pay to be a part of the FDIC system, essentially, in keeping it high level. I mean, there's a lot of facets there, but in a high level perspective, that's kind of the deal, right? So then what happens is then you, the consumer say, oh, here's an FDIC insured bank. That makes me feel good. That makes me feel warm inside. It makes me feel comfortable. It makes me feel like when I walk in the door, there's somebody tucked a little chocolate under my pillow, and, and I like that, and it feels really good when I go to sleep, and I, I can sleep with peace of mind because they gave me my FDIC insurance chocolate, and I feel great about that. But what you don't know is when you unpeel it, and it, it is a good step. There's nothing wrong with that. When you unpeel it, really, it's just a, a structure that actually allows banks to be able to keep more capital and make more money because you feel good about putting your money there. One of the things that we saw in the past is, if you remember, the FDIC level used to be 100000 Now it's two fifty, And so banks were able to garner more assets, which gives them the ability to go invest and do other things, etc. But now we're talking about potentially with this new nomination of Biden, if everything goes through, that... The Federal Reserve now, from her perspective, should be taking control of all of the private banking structure. So even though every bank's not perfect and, and whatever, they still are part of the free market structure and free market system. And so if this change happens, not only do we have to, to think about the FDIC insurance, and maybe that's not as robust as we thought, but also now we're in a place where these free banking structure, free market structure kind of goes away. We lose a lot of access and a lot of opportunity. So, what should you do? Well, I think there's a couple things you got to do. First off, you got to pay attention. Uh, You got to get involved. You got to vote. And that's the first thing you got to do vote for the right people with thinking that will enact and allow this free market structure. The second thing um, that I think you need to do is um, be in a place where you're actually maybe taking a step back and rethinking how much money you have at the bank, because there are other places that you can put at the bank that are not in the purview of the FDIC insurance or the FDIC uh, uh, protection. And, and there is levels of protection that's outside the realms of some of the, we'll call it the governmental structure. Right. Anything the government comes in and says, hey, we're protecting or we're allowing like IRA accounts or Roth accounts or whatever it may be. They're going to put rules and regulations around it because they feel like they're coming in and they're helping you uh, and coming alongside you in certain ways to do certain things. Now, I know, again, the FDIC insurance is not directly a, a company from the federal government, but I just want you to understand as these things have been enacted, it causes people to kind of feel comfortable and good about what's happening. So I think we got to think a little differently with our money. If you are in a place where you got a lot of money sitting at the bank, this is a conversation you need to be thinking about because I think there are some better options, my personal opinion, that may potentially give you the ability to do what you need to do and kind of have the level of protection that potentially is higher than where you are now and work and operate a little bit differently, especially if we have sweeping reform and the Fed comes in and is literally in a place where they're taking over all the independent banking structures. Now, the question a lot of people ask when they hear this maybe is, Mike, well, how long do you think until something like this could happen? Well, the short answer is I don't know. I really don't know. But what I will say is it's amazing to me that as I sit here in November of 2021, that we are now in a place that from this current administration, they're talking about companies with 100 employees or more must mandate vaccines for their employees and just a year ago, basically a year and a half ago not even, all we heard was 15 days to cause the you know the curve to go down so to speak. And now we're in a place where you got to mandate company you got to mandate your employees to take take a vaccine. I mean that's that's a massive growth in a short period of time. So I think if we have a situation where this is widely received by the powers that be, I don't know that it could be something that it takes a long time for this to occur. And so that's why I wanted to share this. I thought it was so important to talk about these things so that way you can be empowered in your thought process and say, okay, what are some of the things that I should be doing to plan for that? Again, the only thing guaranteed in life are death and taxes. So we've got to be prepared for both of those. But the right planning, the right ideas, and the right insight will help us at least protect a little bit. So I'm going to challenge you. Head over to investwellshow.com and get a copy of the white paper. Really just talking about what, what should I do now and are there areas of safety for my money outside of banks what should I do? If you know someone that's got a lot of money in the bank, you need to share the show with them because we need to be thinking outside the box here and we need to become advocates of friends and neighbors that we know so we can help each, everyone, each and everyone prepare uh, and be ready for what's to come. You are the ones that can help those that you know get there. So again share this show with them. Take some time, head over to investwellshow.com, download the white paper. If you have questions, ideas, anything you want me to talk about on this show that is important to you from an investment perspective, feel free to share it when you head over to investwellshow.com as well. We love your feedback and your comments. As always, my desire is to help you live on purpose so you can live with purpose. Be well, be blessed. We'll talk to you next show. Keep in mind the information shared on this show is not to be considered investment advisory advice. For specific recommendations based on your situation, make sure you reach out to a professional, whether it be financial, accounting, tax, attorney, or whatever you may need to help you find the information necessary to make good decisions.